Okay, well, good afternoon. Very happy you tuned in. This is WNCN coming from Lorain, Ohio. Very grateful again, Lord, that you get me able to, despite the COVID and everything going on in the country, we're very thankful for the radio station that is able to keep on uh, giving out these messages. So today I have a good friend, uh, David Kepler. Um, he is with a mission organization. He's going to tell you more about Youth with a Mission. I'm familiar with them even when I lived overseas. In Thailand, the Youth with a Mission, or YWAM is the acronym, were quite active and involved in a lot of different ministries. But they're around the world, and David's going to tell you more about that. So again, this is WNZN. Uh, if you're having any problem picking it up and you want to live stream us on your computer, that's WNZN.org, and uh, you'll be able to get it there. So without further ado, David, welcome. I know you've come a long way from Tyler, Texas where you've been living for many years, but maybe you could share a little about your testimony and then going forward, how you got involved in missions, and mm -hmm. then maybe I'll have some questions off of that too. Sure, of course. Thank you, John, for having me. Appreciate it very much. Um, well, uh, for me, I grew I was born and grew up in Berea, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I went to college, University of Toledo, mm -hmm. And uh, what happened, I ran out of money to go to college, so I left college, moved back to uh, my parents' place in Berea, and I started going to a church. And uh, the pastor at the time was a gentleman named Ken Radke, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, he, uh, of course, he passed away back in the late 90s, but uh, he, he founded this church. He's involved in University Christian Fellowship, mm -hmm. and he came to the University of Christian Fellowship uh, mm -hmm. at the uh, University of Toledo. And that's how I first met him. And then uh, the Youth Pastor Church, is my fr a friend Ace also met there. His name is Dave. And Dave began discipling me. And he went out to Summit Ministries back in, I think it was 92, and, uh, in Colorado Springs. And Dave shared with a gentleman named Mark Roby where I was at in life because I was doing things, making money, but wasn't getting ahead. Stuff like my car would break down, so he has to use money to fix car instead of going back to finish college. Mm -hmm. So um, Mark told Dave, I need to come all the way down to Tyler, Texas, do something called the Southwood Training School, which is three months classroom, two months outreach, and your focus is on your relationship with Jesus Christ. So let me back up a little bit, Dave. Yeah. When did you accept Jesus Christ? How did that happen You know, in terms of your life? You grew up in Berea, started going to Toledo University. Mm -hmm. Was it prior to that, or how did that go? My understanding about what about what relationship with God is 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 much much different than it was. Uh, I mean, at one point in time, I thought I was just going to church, mm -hmm. and, or I think it was when I was in third, when I was in fourth, sixth grade, I did accept Jesus, but only so, so to please my mom, so I wouldn't be separated from God, mm -hmm. but. It just, it's been a gradual process, a learning process. And the more knowledge and understanding I get, the more understanding what God desires and expects of me. So I can't put a date date on it. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who do accept Jesus because they don't want to be separated from him. Mm -hmm. But um, it's much more than that, obviously. It's much more than that. And so uh, I think God just accept, takes us where we're at, right? And he just slowly brings us along in the process mm -hmm. like we talk about let's say you talk about the pilgrims 1620 you know, like which was yes yeah, this past think of this past yes this past saturday 
the 400th anniversary of signing of the Mayfella Compact. Mm -hmm. Right. And then uh, 156 years later, you have the birth of the United States. And it just takes time. It's a process that just takes time. Mm -hmm. And so that's just how God works. He just meets where we're at. And he just takes us. So is this in childhood, you're saying? Is it? Yeah. Okay. When I was in like, I was like, I think I was in fourth grade or sixth okay. grade at the time. Now, and also for me, I also, all the radio stations in our house since probably the early 70s were, was turned to WCRF. Mm. Because there really wasn't any other radio stations in this, like to listen to. So right. I listened to Focus on the Family, all sorts of Christian programming. And so, uh, so I understand, but I think it, it was my relationship with God was religious and at times, and um, but it's when I came to Youth of the Mission '93 that I began to understand what its relationship with God. Mm -hmm. uh, the theme verse of, of Youth of the Mission, uh, Youth of the Mission is no is uh, its theme is to know God and make Him known. Okay. Now the theme verse for that is John 17:3, which is, "This is eternal life that they may know You, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom You have sent." That's from the New American Standard mm -hmm. Bible. So. Uh, so can you tell us a little about Youth with a Mission, mm -hmm. and then we'll pick it up then how you went and joined. So just, we'll get into Youth with a Mission in more detail, but can you just give a thumbnail sketch of Youth with a Mission? Well, Youth with a Mission is an international missions organization. It's been around since 1960. Currently there is, um, I think, over 30,000 staff in over 2,000 locations and counting in 191 countries. 191 countries? Yes, 191 countries. And so, uh, of course, a lot of these countries that are closed countries. And right. so... Uh, closed meaning what? Uh, closed meaning that uh, it's it's illegal to preach about Jesus Christ. Uh, you, if you convert, you can get killed. Uh, yeah, it's very, very serious, obviously. So, so in a closed country, we'll go into this later... But essentially, you have to go into these countries almost, what I would say, under the radar mm -hmm. with an occupation mm -hmm. or a skill like computer or mm -hmm. ophthalmologist or some kind of thing, teaching English. Yeah, okay. that's, that, is, that, is one, yeah that is one way of doing it, okay. yes, yes. So, so you, you, Youth of the Mission, 1960, worldwide presence with training centers. Mm-hmm. And one of them will be in Tyler, Texas, where you're going to go. Yeah, Tyler, Texas is the largest training center of youth of the mission in continental North America. There are over 200 staff on uh, three campuses there. And we have uh, 63 different departments. And out of that one location alone, uh, YLM Tyler either, either directly or indirectly has started uh, 200 operational locations around the world. Whoa. Out of that one location alone, the theme Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas. Yeah, we're known as the, uh, as a discipling center that pioneers. That's our theme for Wyoming, and Tyler. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, if people that are interested in joining Wyoming, you go down there for is that a three month training program? Three months uh, classroom, two months outreach. Yeah, because the idea is that when we, it's good for someone to go and do training, mm -hmm. but they need to then take that training and apply it. Right. Uh, a lot of the things, the teachers that we te that, that actually teach, uh, they've done this themselves before. Uh, Lauren Cunningham, the founder of, of Youth of the Mission, back in the late 60s, early, early 70s, God spoke to him. He says, like, 
you, you know, they do first, then teach. The, the people you want in your training schools are stuff that people have done this stuff before. Because one thing that Lauren began to discover is like, he have all these young people, they go to college, they get all this experience, but, but then all of a sudden, as the more knowledge they gain, the less zeal happens. And so what he is discovering is that these teachers are teaching these young people, they learn a lot of stuff, or they went to other colleges and universities, they learned, but they didn't actually do it. Oh, okay. Missions in general. Missions, missions in general, or whatever occupation they, they choose to do, do it. So what do they, for three months, what kind of classes would they be teaching, David? Uh, we'll talk about uh, nature and care to God. The Father heart, Father heart of God, that God is a tender, loving Father and compassionate, because uh, we have a lot of misconceptions of who God is. Uh, I give you one example. I was in, uh, went to the Sabout People Group, which is on uh, uh, Kenya Uganda border, mm-hmm. back in '97 for mm-hmm. uh, a Bible school outreach. And the thing is, uh, these pastors they knew they believe in God, but he wasn't close and present. He was up on a mountain. Uh-huh. He's looking down. He wasn't close and personal. So when we talk about the Father Heart of God. I remember one general, he's a, he's a church leader, and just, just a sort of fire just came up alive in his eyes, just a difference. And then we heard from another team that was there at the same time. Uh, they said one of the pastors there went, went home after hearing this teaching uh, about Father Heart of God, picked up and held his two-year-old daughter for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And these are pastors, early in trying to disciple people. And so uh, because we have this misconception about who God is, that it, it affects our obviously our relationship with God. So the the strength of your message there that they're learning is that God of the Bible is 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 a father God. You know, as Jesus would say, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, mm. how much more so your heavenly father would mm. give you. So and many cultures that don't have a proper biblical understanding of God as father might see him as a taskmaster mm-hmm. or um, looking for you to misstep, mm-hmm. make a mistake, yeah. and to bring wrath upon you, yeah. rather than more the prodigal model yeah. where the father is actually out yeah. looking for the son, embraces the son. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, not, not just cultures, but also here in the United States. Because yes. uh, yeah, there are lots of dysfunctional families, and, and as a result of that, it just uh, it, it, it bears, it just creates more dysfunctional families and so until you get a right concept of who God is start lining things right then it just it just keeps on going from generation so can you develop that more I mean so once you come to know the fatherhood of God yeah we serve a good God a loving a compassionate God yeah. then how does that go then towards ministry towards missions well we talk about within the youth of the mission like uh, the kingdom of God is based on relationships uh-huh and so as our relationship, as we seek God and we pray, he gives us plans and, and, and direction as what we want, what to do in ministry and how to do how to do ministry. Because we're, we're in, bringing God involved in the process and our relationship with him, he's, and we're trusting him and taking risks to, to, to get things accomplished in life through, through ministry or if it wanted a business, because Lauren Cunningham and it was Bill Bright back in the 70s, okay, they, God, God spoke to one friend of theirs, there was a donor, like he donated to both, but they didn't meet because I think they had some 
theological differences, but he, yeah. the donor's like, you guys need to meet. Sure, sure. And so they all both met, but what happened was that God downloaded both men this idea, you may have heard, the seven mountains, the seven mind molders, the seven spheres influences, and which is the seven are, we're familiar with church and family. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. But God's also involved in uh, government, in economics, business, education, arts, entertainment, media. Those are the seven. And whatever sphere or whatever job you get involved with is going to fall into one of those seven spheres of influence. Mm-hmm. And so, because the idea was God wants to thrust people into all seven spheres of influences. And so, each, we have a university called the University of Nations. It's based in Kona, Hawaii. Okay, right. And, and each uh, operating location, uh, like, like Tyler, that does training is considered a branch campus of the University of Nations in Kona, Hawaii, and it has seven colleges. So, so the idea is to train and disciple people and then thrust them back into the marketplace or into missions, wherever, that, wherever God may lead and direct them. So if you wanted to apply, go for training, and talk, what kind of requirements or qualifications are they looking for a new applicant? Probably a high school diploma or GED. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, a pastoral letter? or A, a pastoral letter and then uh, two references, yes. Okay. And so they draw from a large background of people. Yeah, we got all over the place. We have people from outside the country that come in and do training with us, yes. And so how does the support system work there in terms of financial? Um, yeah, everybody raises their own support. Everybody. We, we operate very differently from other churches and organizations. For one thing, we're all decentralized. Each, each YOM location operates independently of other locations. And so we may not hear much about other locations because we're really focused on what what we're doing at our location there in Tyler, Texas. But there is a, a structure, like there's like someone who oversees a region or a country, but there is something called a global leadership team. I think about a couple dozen men and women who oversee the the, the, the ministry itself. And so... Uh, so but, when you say raise support, um, was that come through churches or individuals could, or do they help you? In terms, I know they have great material. I think mm. they have the book Friendship Raising. Yeah, Friendship that, Raising, that yeah. Great, great mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you do then? I mean, you're, let's say your situation or another person that's applying, that accepted, going to go to training. Well, I think it just comes down to, to seeking God out and just asking for a plan. Because uh, everyone's different. God deals with each individual differently. Uh, and like, I'll, I'll tell you a funny, funny story. I was doing our school of Bible training there in Tyler, Texas, and uh, I had to raise $3,000, okay, for uh, $1,500 to finish, pay off my tuition, $1,500 for my outreaches to go to Kenya. Okay. And so, but then I had another teammate and I, her name is Kim, she had to raise $3,000 too, and because and she, she was going to the same outreaches as I, but, but she... She didn't know where it was going to come and whatever. And I had my list of supporters. I said, okay, these 15 will take care of the tuition. These 15 will take care of the, the airfare and the, the grounds fees there. So I was arrogant. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was. And so what happened, I was like, I was like okay, Kim, let's, let's, see, let's see who gets their money in first. Huh? Okay. The next day, I kid you not, John, Kim got a check for $3,000 from one person. Okay. God humbled me right there, that's for okay. sure. And so, uh, yeah, God 
God, that's how God works. And so he, if he sees something, okay, he'll start working on So you've stuff. seen a lot of miracles happen in Tyler while you've been. How long have you been there now? Uh, with the ministry, it'll be uh, 28 years is coming January. 28 years? 28 years, yeah. So over that time, you've seen some breakthroughs and miracles and provision yeah. and finances. Yeah, and... like an example would be, another example myself would be, uh, I had a stroke in June 2010. I had no health insurance. So when all was said and done, the medical bills were like around $180,000. Mm. So um, I applied for a financial aid, and the hospital they went to was very generous, and, and so they they gave me a 90% uh, 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 financial aid. So I read off 90%, and then I went and took this letter to other places. Most places are able to honor that. Okay, we'll give you 90% mm. off, too. There's other places like anesthesiologists. You, you, they have to be paid, so you can't give them 90% off. So, so when it was all said and done, I think uh, I had to go on a payment plan for like $200 a month for the other remaining $22,000, I think. And so, so what happened then was about like maybe two years later, they came to us. They came to me and said, "If you pay half what's left over, we'll forgive the other half of what's left over." And this I was able to do that. And so, you know, God was able to provide there and mm-hmm. uh debt free still then still the only the only time we had really any serious debt like that was was this hospital bill okay that was it yeah and so so you see a lot of people coming and going there mm-hmm. uh, oh yes but oh yes mm, 200 full-time staff mm-hmm. that's a big operation yeah it is so tyler let me think is that is that near dallas yeah, Tyler's about uh, 90 miles uh, east of Dallas. It's uh, right, right between Dallas and Shreveport, Louisiana. Yeah. Okay, going east. Okay, east of Dallas. Mm-hmm. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. Okay, yeah, I know So now, Lauren Cunningham, he's the founder. Can you tell us a little about him, maybe, David? He's a very interesting man. Yeah, uh, Lauren Cunningham, he, uh, he, uh, uh, he was a son of a preacher, and he... Uh, uh, back in the late 50s, uh, uh, he had this vision of, of, his, of young people of what happened was these waves were crashing upon the seashore of the world, and as they did, they became young people, and then they went and evangelized the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's why you see you know, the wave okay, right. with, with Youth of the Mission a lot. That's the importance there of Youth of the Mission, you know, the... You know, like the wave, you know, like the wave, young people impacting okay, right. the world. Okay, yeah. sure. So, uh, and so that started back in, in 1960. And but the thing is, back in 1960, short-term missions was unheard of. Because the idea is like you had to go get your bachelor's degree, get right. your ma- seminary degree, and then serve somewhere for two years. And then you could be a missionary. And Lauren's like, no, 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 let's, let's put them out in the field right now. I believe back in '93 uh, when I did my training schools in Tyler, I, I was told of a, a training program in Kona, Hawaii, at the time, there where you go through nine months of training and you'll get the same skills as a ner- as a, someone who's a certified nurse who's gone through four years of college, because these third world countries don't care if you got the degree, the right. degree they want the skill. Sure. And the idea with Lauren was like we want to train these people and get them out into the mission field. Uh, get them out to where their heart and passion where God's called them to. Is he still alive? Yes, he's in his early 80s. He's still going strong. Like one of his projects is is end Bible poverty. Okay, that's his, well, there's that project, or there there's this one I just put pl- pl- before you, is mm-hmm. Table 71. Mm-hmm. 
Table 71, what happened here with Table 71 is that back in 2000, Billy Graham called all these churches and mission organizations together in Amsterdam. I remember, okay. And they put out the challenge, like, to to finish the Great Commission. And so what happened was was that uh, you had individuals and, and, and churches come forward saying, I'll take one one group, two, three, five, ten. And so, so the story goes was that, uh, and then the, everything stopped. And over at Table 71, you have uh, uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, okay. uh, International, International Mission Board, some of the Baptist Convention, and Youth of the Mission, and some other organizations there. And they looked at the list, and it's 121, and they're the toughest ones. And so they pray about, and they stood up and said, we'll take the rest. Mm-hmm. And so what's happened is that since then, uh, the, this group of this groups of organizations, they meet uh, three times a year since 2000 and uh not because of not just because of this group but the other groups what's happened since 2000 i believe is like 636 unreached people groups with a population of 100,000 or more as of 2007 2017 it went down to 6 boy yeah they really are. 2008 i think went down to 5 and then since then i haven't heard other other numbers as of what's happened then uh but one thing that has ha- that has happened is this issue of uh the One Story Project, which is one of the uh, options there to, to try to reach people, is that, and because the idea is that I have a friend of mine who's from Canada who's looking to go to Malaysia here shortly, uh, hopefully with the, hopefully soon, that, uh, uh, and he's told me, yeah, right now the languages, 80% of the uh, languages or the people groups that are out there that do not know Jesus Christ, they have no written language, Okay. Now, going back to Kenya, where I went to, uh, we were working with this Wycliffe location with the Sabout people, and uh, we did our discipleship Bible classes in the morning, and then they did their language classes in the afternoon because they didn't have a written language. So we're familiar with uh, like 21 consonants and five vowels. They have 21 consonants but 14 different vowels because Mm -hmm. of different stresses and stuff like that. And so, so... so with that, the idea with the One Story Project is that you teach people like 40 to 60 different stories from the Bible verbally or do dramas. Mm-hmm. You don't have to translate the Bible, create a language, and, and create into the language. Yeah, right. you, ju- you just do the just do it uh, uh, through, through dramas or through just storytelling. Sure. And so then, and then you just empower them, lay hands on them, and you send them out to go and do other villages and keep on multiplication. Along with that, what's happened is that Lauren Cunningham, being the person that he is, he's always asking, well, when will the Great Commission get done? He's connecting with Wycliffe Bible translators and some others. And up until 2010, they said, oh, probably within 150 years. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. But then things changed in 2010. A number of things happened. One thing is uh, recruitment, people coming in, wanting to get involved in in, in translations. Also is technology. There is technology there right now. It's been for 10 years where uh, what I've been told is that uh, through a touch of a button, you could take one dialect of a language, and then you can get the dialect of another language. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, There's also technology. I remember back in, uh, I think it was uh, 2007, uh, uh, we raised money for uh, at this one conference or YOM for I think uh, tens of thousands of little pocket calculators, which is little solar panels, mm-hmm. and they had the Book of John on there. And so, and there's 
that that gets that gets the word out of Jesus Christ out the book of John on little 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 uh, pocket calculator with a little solar power yeah, to keep right, it keep it power. Yeah. so uh, then there's also the, there there's the issue of um, the tr- using satellites and translation uh, where the the local person there in say Africa would do the translation would work on his computer and then send the information over to the location in Dallas where Wycliffe's his headquarters. And so, and then the person in Dallas would work on it just to check and make say, hey, is this what you meant? Right. And so that would cut down on time for translation time as well. Uh, also, there's stuff like like how the Roman Empire, uh, how that, uh, the Roman Empire that being there, it's one of the benefits of the Roman Empire besides language, uh, common language to spread the gospel was the roads and yeah, bridges. Road systems, yeah. yeah. Well, what happened, I believe, back 10 years ago was the World Cup took place in South Africa. Mm. So in order for other places in Africa to get good reception of the World Cup, fiber optics were, went up and down the African coast. Well, that meant the information sending about this translation also came sure. faster as yeah. well. Uh, so much so that uh, all this information, other things they're thinking, uh, maybe as early as 2025, uh, Every language will have at least maybe like the Jesus film. But uh, we'll have to wait and see about that. Some people who are more on the ground, they're thinking, no, it's probably going to take a little longer than that. So today in the world, we got, what, 7.5 billion people? Mm-hmm. And how many are unreached, would you think? That is to say, there's no scripture in their own language, and there's no you know, healthy church, so to speak, spread out. Well, is that about 25% maybe? Could be, could be, yeah, about that information, yeah, about 25%, yeah. And it's, now, YWAM does a lot with businesses. They get in with businesses, do they? Yeah, I mean, there's there's stuff like uh, like, like uh, business with a mission. The idea is that uh, partner with people to, because God's gifting or talents or anointings may be if people are involved in business. Because uh, you'll you'll need business out there to help fund ministry. Yeah, right. So, so that's 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 a way to go. Mm-hmm. Business as mission. Mm-hmm. And have you been to Kona? Have you been to the big training center? I have not. No, no. I have that's not. big. Huh? It's like a university. Yes, it's huge. Is that the biggest in the world? Why? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Yes. So now, what is your plan, David? Going back? How's that working? What are you going to be involved with? What are you doing? Well, uh, when I get back to Texas uh, next month, uh, uh, I'm, I've been on a sabbatical for a whole year. My mm-hmm. my focus is to uh, continue on uh, networking with pastors and churches and educating about youth mission and hearing their heart where they're at with their church and seeing how we as a ministry can come alongside to help facilitate their vision for missions and ministry. Are you getting a lot of open doors for churches or groups or what? It's it's really hit and miss. Honestly, it is hit and miss. Because some people, they already got stuff going on. Awesome, then we just move on to somebody else, someplace else. Uh, uh, there's some places it just takes time. It just takes may take several years for for right? yeah oh yeah it may take several years uh, I know one church uh, I couldn't get in touch with the person because uh, the youth pastor because uh, I kept on calling him but he didn't know my number so any his voicemail didn't work oh, no. and so this went on for about two years and then I, I I went to the church on a Sunday morning which I usually do 
and and I, I met him, and so uh, and so then we, several months later, we had. Uh, I came in, gave some more presentation to him. I think it was the following August that we had a team come and do, to their youth group. Oh. Uh, but that was like two, three years ago, and he still has an interest in coming to our family night there on Sunday nights. Uh, I think the last thing I heard, like maybe 18 months ago, they got a van. Oh. So because they got a van, now they're going to be able to get their young people to come to visit us, even though it's an hour away. But okay. that's this has like been like like a four or five year process to get mm -hmm. to this point. Right. And right. so, yeah. So it works like that. The churches, yeah. I mean, do you find churches to be pretty mission minded, or is it pretty pretty? It's very. It varies. Really. It varies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, I mean, my 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 heart is to to educate people about youth and mission mm -hmm. and to serve them, and but. I mean, I, I, and part of what I do, I show up on a Sunday morning unannounced. I just see how the church does and how the hell they respond to me. If they uh -huh. respond favorably to me or uh, I guess some people, some of the churches, honestly, John, they, they're like, once they hear on the missionary, they tune changes. I think they're thinking I'm there to raise support. And that's, oh, that's, that's not, no, if they want to give me money, yeah, obviously I'll take it. But, but as like God would be directing me, but it's, I'm, trying to stay away from yeah, that right, right, right. so uh yeah hard to say yeah yeah so so i i find out that a lot of times people don't understand unreached people groups or or the you know that america has five percent of the world's population mm -hmm. but the vast majority of ordained ministry and giving tends to stay pretty much in the united states yes that's true yeah that's true oh yes very true and so um now there was a great student volunteer movement at the turn of the century about 120 years ago but there's just a lot of activity for foreign missions a mm -hmm. lot mm -hmm. now we haven't seen that as much since post-world war ii there was a big outreach after world war ii with soldiers coming home and they've been exposed to yeah. the islands and everything they went back so what are you seeing you're seeing more and more foreigners coming and being trained by wyoming to go back what's your sense of it david yeah i mean they're there is, um, I think that's what's, it's like, like at least a third of the people involved in youth mission are from third world countries. Okay. Or like, I mean, I could talk about like Wedge and Shirley Altman, okay? This one couple back in 1960s, how they saw uh, Latin American people get involved, get involved in missions, mm -hmm. okay? Because there are people, Latin America is poor third world country. They can't get involved in missions. Well, this, this couple proved them wrong. Because of this one couple, there are hundreds of Wyoming based in Latin America right? and tens of thousands of people have been raised up to go missions, not just in Latin America, but they're all over the world. Because like, we have Latins people, we have Brazilians and Colombians and, sure. and people from Peru, our place in, in Tyler. Yeah, but it's because of this one couple. Yeah, because of that. They really, really took the charge, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's almost like a fire. You start with small little sparks, and then, then it catches, you know, mm. and it spreads rather quickly. Mm. So what's your vision going forward uh, into 2021, David? I know you're going to go back to Tyler. I want you to give out information, contact you, and contact YWAM a couple times before we close in about 15 minutes. Sure. What's your, what's your plan going back, and what is your specific task for ministry in Tyler, Texas? Well, um, yeah, just continue to do church networking. Uh, I've, it's been, I've been doing this for six years. I've met with over 150 pastors. Is that right? Yeah. 
Mostly uh, in Texas. Mostly in East Texas. Now, I've been over in here in Vermilion, been staying there, and I've been able to connect with a couple pastors from a couple churches there. Really? Good. So I'll be able to continue on and start uh, pursuing them and educating them about what Wyoming has That's to nice. offer. So uh, so if a pastor is listening now and he's interested in his church mm-hmm. being more involved in mission, mission awareness, what, what, what's the good contact there for you, David? There's two ways you could call. 903-882-5591. That's 903-882-5591. That'll get you to our, our receptionist there. Or you could go online, Tyler. that's T-Y-L-E-R.org. Mm-hmm. And they can find, what if they want to contact you specifically? If they want to contact me just specifically, I'll give you my number, 903-520-9592. It's 903-520-9592. We'll repeat that at the end, too, so that people, you know, somebody might be listening and they think, wow, our, our church is doing good evangelism and around the community mm-hmm. but we're just not aware of as jesus says lift up your eyes to the fields which indicates distance for their white end of harvest and sometimes we just need help to lift our eyes up yeah. you know so, yeah so now um at tyler the if somebody goes there for the three months training do they go to school training for half a day yeah the, the normal schedule is that um it depends. It depends on what's going on in the schools, okay? Because of some speakers, like I can only stay for th- for three days, so then they have to really bulk up the classes until the class time, and maybe you have an evening class time. But usually, class would be like uh, starts at ten o'clock with a break, and then it goes till noon, and there's a break in the middle, and of course lunch, and then uh, there's a two-hour work duty, or there's class, because uh, we have several different training schools. We uh, staggered the class and the work sure, duties sure, sure. and the idea of the work duties is just to keep the cost down to help maintain the ministry but right. then also sure. uh also the idea is to uh help the person process what they're learning in class because the idea is to is this is like an incubation chamber where you're learning stuff at class right. you're talking your 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 classmates at, at meal time or you're back in the dorm or or on work duty is it's just the idea is right really intentional intentional stuff uh there's this couple i they're from illinois and uh they've gone to church for 30 years and they did our training school several years ago uh she's a librarian and Mm -hmm. so that's her focus and he works in it and so and they said they they learn more about jesus christ and and in relationship with God in those three months and if they're going to church for 30 years. That's, that right? that's what the, that's what, that's their words. Why, yes. why do you think that is? What's your sense of it? I, it's, that's a really good question because it, it, it doesn't make sense. It, mm-hmm. you, you go to church all those years and you learn more in three months. I mean, it, it really doesn't make sense. I mean, it, it doesn't, you, you would think uh, that people would, but uh, by going so, to church. So, I mean, what but, are they teaching you specifically that you think is different than, let's say, church, you know, kind of a thing? Well, I would say the Father Heart of God is very significant because there's 
lot of people growing up in broken homes, they attend church, but they don't get their issues taken care of. There's also stuff like we have ministry time, like plumb line, okay? God puts his finger on stuff, and they're like, you need to deal with this stuff. You need to repent of this. You need to confess it. You need to repent it and just you know, deal with it. And God, of course, then starts ministering the per- in the person once they repent it. And so um, there's uh, we talk about intercessory prayer. We talk, oh, about having quiet times. And the kingdom of God is based on relationship is what we, again, talk right, about with right, the ministry. Right, right. To know God and make him known. Sure. Relationship. Uh, uh, just more more philosophy of how things we work with mm-hmm. in the ministry of youth mm-hmm. of the mission. So, uh, Do you teach down there yourself? I myself know it. I do okay. not teach. I've, I've come to realize I'm a networker and also a marketing and promoter type okay. person. And so uh, I have taught stuff in the past. Uh, when we were over at, I was over at the Dayspring campus there. We already have our school of Bible training school. I did teach, teach there on like government economics. I, I enjoy teaching on stuff like that. Yeah. Who was the teacher with YWAM? You used to do spiritual warfare. Dean Sherman. Is he still with YWAM? He's still there. Is he a Tyler? He's not a Tyler. No. Australia, New Zealand. Uh, I, I want to say he's up in Oregon. I believe. Okay. Oregon. I think he might be in Oregon. I. Yeah, he comes every now and then. He is slowing down, uh, but he does come to our ministry location because of just the relationship we built with him for decades now. Uh, so, he's, uh, yeah, his book is called uh, uh, Spiritual Warfare. Yeah, he's well known for that. I think he has a tape series out. Yeah. So you guys learned that. How about fasting and prayer? Wasn't Bill Bright and Lauren Cunningham big on fasting and prayer? Yes, we do. We do some some training on the area of fasting and mm-hmm. prayer. Uh, we do some of that. Yeah, um, it just but it comes back down to to again hearing the voice of God, relationship with God. Mm-hmm. We're just going going back as as really the key mm-hmm. focus mm-hmm. of the training that takes place. So, how do you see YWAM going into the future now? What is, what is what's on the table? Well. There is several things. Uh, we heard of, of uh, like, Leland Paris. You're familiar with Twyla Paris, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, Twyla's uncle's Leland Paris. He's the founder of Wyoming Tyler. Leland's cousin is Lauren Cunningham. Oh, I see. Okay, so that's the relationship. So we are blessed. We hear from Lauren, like, once or twice a year. He comes in and tells about big, huge ideas, yeah, like, sure, sure. end Bible poverty, just vision galore. And so... Uh, We've been told that there's been words, prophetic words given that Wy- that Wyoming International is going to have up to like 200,000 missionaries at one point in time, mm-hmm. in the in the future, 200,000. Obviously, and we're at, we're like over 30,000 right now, so that's a huge, huge, expensive yeah, growth. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, we're we're still pushing the envelope. We're still doing stuff like a hundred, like 191 countries. Okay. Uh, over 2,000 locations. When I came 26 years ago, I think we're at 425 locations around the world. Now we're over 2,000. Yeah, it definitely is expanding. A lot of people are attracted to youth with the mission. So, And again, somebody might be listening to the WNZN this morning that heard this, David, and kind of is interested. I'm just looking at their site right now, Youth with a Mission. Uh, this is their general site, not, why, when, uh, not Tyler specific. But it gives a lot of information here. What do we do? Discipleship training school. 
very easy to navigate, really nice pictures. Um, so that's a good way to contact, just like I did. I just put in www.ywam.org, mm -hmm. you know, and then you can go around there, and then they can also call you. Give your number again, David. Yeah, you. my number is 903-520-9592. It's 903-520-9592. I have been making contacts with uh, some schools and some churches and stuff like that. And one thing is a possibility, not a guarantee, but having a team from, from Tyler, Texas come up and do ministry in a church here. Okay. So that, that is always a possibility. Do you do a PowerPoint presentation? I have a PowerPoint presentation of, uh, of a friend of mine who, who does work over overseas. And uh, this is someone who started with uh, $45 in his pocket. Mm hmm uh, today, uh, it's after 14 years, there's uh, 16 locations, over 100 part-time staff, and over 80 full-time staff. And what's that called? Uh, it's, it's in a closed country. Okay. Yeah, it's in a closed country right now. And so I, I have that presentation. But uh, this gentleman, who's a dear friend of mine, he was trained by Youth of the Mission, Tyler. Mm -hmm. And so here's a... Uh, because, I mean, we've, we're coming across people like who either in Latin America or maybe Colorado Springs, and there and people go to them like, oh, where are you guys from? And, yeah. and we say, oh, we're from Tyler, Texas. Oh, really? And then, then they find out we're with Youth of Mission, and these people say, no way. Back in 1990, so-and-so, I went through a, our, our teen missions training program, yeah, right, right. and at the age of 13, God wrecked my life, and here they are, 20, 30 years later, they are in Latin America or some of the places they're leading a ministry. Amazing, isn't it, if you follow the lives through it. Yeah. Well, David, thank you for coming today. I know you've got a fairly busy schedule. Um, before I have you close in prayer, is there anything you want to say to the people listening, any kind of encouragement, message, favorite Bible verse, anything at all you'd like to share in the last couple of minutes here? I would say right now, um, I mean, there are God is, is a God of infinite possibilities, there may be, you may know of a, your, your son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter. They did the college thing, but it just didn't work, okay? Uh, honestly, I went to six years of college, and I completed three years, okay? Mm -hmm. It really did. I really stretched it that long, yeah. like, but it didn't work. So I would encourage them to take a step of faith uh, and then have them get in touch with us and try to come down for a three-month classroom, two months outreach to focus on the relationship with God. That's what happened with me. And now I've been involved in ministry now for 28 years. Wow. So. Long time. Okay, David. Well, thank you again for coming. Again, this is WNCN. And maybe in the new year, we can do a follow-up and maybe bring some other missionary friends from overseas. We can get them in here in person or by phone, perhaps, if we get a good linkage. Yeah. But would you then close for the listeners, and particularly those that might have just stirred their heart with a, with a real interest in mission, that, uh, you know, this, it is a go gospel, and the Great Commission has not been rescinded. So yeah. if you would just pray, David, in yeah. closing. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to share about uh, kingdom business. I just uh, pray you guide and direct us at this time and with the knowledge that you've given us here today. And just to seek your face as to what, asking what, God, what do you want me to do with this? 
and just to ask a simple question and just to give us all humble hearts and as to and, and openness and eagerness of, of, of our minds to how you want us to, to, to direct us today. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, David. And uh, give a call anytime you're in the area. We'll see what we can do up this way. All right. Thank you so much, John. Appreciate it. God bless you, David.